1: Welcome to the Nutrition Diva Podcast, a show where we take a closer look at nutrition trends and headlines, explain how the latest research applies to you, and answer your questions. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and today I want to talk about phytoestrogens in soybeans and whether they have estrogen-like effects in women, for better or for worse. But first, a question came up in the comments section of a post that I wrote on my blog at nutritionovereasy.com on whether protein powder is too processed to be considered a healthy food. The original post was in response to a question from Catherine, who wrote, Virtually everyone says to cut down on processed foods. It seems to be one of the few things everyone from different camps generally agrees on. Yet a large number of nutrition influencers recommend smoothies that include protein powder. How the heck are those not processed? Catherine's absolutely right. There is a lot of talk these days about the harms of ultra-processed foods, but this designation turns out to be problematic. Some of the foods in this category are exactly the ones that you might expect, things like Red Bull or Cheetos and Pop-Tarts. But that category also includes foods that we generally think of as healthy, or maybe healthier choices, such as almond milk, soy burgers, Cholesterol-reducing spreads like Benicol, high-fiber breakfast cereal, baby formula, and yes, protein powder. Rather than painting all processed foods with the same brush, it's worth considering what the purpose of the processing is. Is it to concentrate the sugar, increase the intensity of the flavor, or otherwise create a product that hyperstimulates the reward centers of the brain? Is it to increase the profit margin of a cheap ingredient? Or does that processing serve to extend shelf life or increase the nutritional value of a food or improve its digestibility or make a nutritious food safer or more convenient to prepare? Obviously, the processing required to turn peas or whey into protein powder serves a different purpose than the processing required to turn an ear of corn into a bag of cool ranch Doritos. And I think we also need to consider what role or function that processed food plays in our diets. A Pop-Tart, for example, is at best a source of empty calories. At worst, it could be displacing a healthier breakfast choice. Protein powder, on the other hand, Can really only be used to increase the protein content of other foods. In that case, the benefit may well justify the use of an ultra processed ingredient like protein powder. But another controversy then unspooled in the comments section for that post, where a reader warned against any protein powder that wasn't cold processed because heat processing would denature the protein. Now, denatured protein sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? But if you've ever eaten a scrambled egg, you've eaten denatured proteins. All denatured means is that the protein molecule has been twisted into a different shape. It still contains the same amount of protein, the same amino acids, and when it's digested and metabolized, it will still have the same benefits. And good thing too, because proteins consumed in their raw state will quickly be denatured by stomach acid. So our ability to make use of the protein we eat does not depend on the shape of the protein molecules. So denatured protein in our protein powder, one less thing to worry about.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Archaea Energy... And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
0: Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end.
1: But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail. And now I want to turn to Stacy's question about the phytoestrogens in soybeans. Is edamame safe for women to consume regularly? She wrote, "I actually became interested in eating it because I read that it may help perimenopause symptoms, but other articles warn against the estrogen." So, what's your take? Soy contains isoflavones. These are compounds that happen to be shaped very similarly to the human hormone estrogen. In fact, they're close enough that they can actually fit into estrogen receptors in human cells. Now, osteoporosis, hot flashes, and breast cancer are all closely linked to estrogen activity in the body, either too much or too little. And initially, it was thought that the weaker plant estrogens, or phytoestrogens, in soy might protect you from either scenario. So, if estrogen levels were low, isoflavones might provide just enough estrogenic activity to prevent bone loss or maybe hot flashes. If, on the other hand, estrogen levels are too high, which might increase your risk of breast cancer, well then phytoestrogens could help block excess estrogen from entering your cells by occupying those estrogen receptors and causing the cells to turn on the no vacancy sign. Well, newer research suggests that it's not quite what we thought. The estrogenic activity of soy doesn't seem to depend on how much estrogen you do or don't have in circulation already. Apparently, it's more complicated than that. Nutrition research often progresses along parallel tracks. On one track, scientists are attempting to understand the mechanisms for how foods and nutrients interact. With our biology. Over on another track, researchers are gathering data on clinical outcomes, meaning what happens to people when they eat more or less of a given food or nutrient. Over on that second track, studies have found that eating soy reduces hot flashes in some women, but not others. And incidentally, it seems to be much more effective in reducing hot flashes if you also exercise. And it's also important to note that the studies that did observe a benefit involved consuming pretty high amounts of soy or taking higher doses of isoflavon supplements. So, the best we can say is that high soy consumption or isoflavon consumption combined with a healthy lifestyle might have a modest beneficial impact, or it might have no impact at all. Now, here's the thing hot flashes. Are pretty hard to miss. It's not like you need a blood test or a bone scan or something like that to know whether or not you're experiencing them. So you could try adding edamame or other soy foods to your diet. See if it seems to help. At worst, it's some protein and some fiber. At best, it brings you a little relief. But as Stacy found. Some have warned against soy for the very same reasons that others recommend it, namely that it might have estrogenic effects in the body. And specifically, the concern is that phytoestrogens in soy foods might promote the growth of estrogen-sensitive cancer cells. Up until pretty recently, breast cancer patients were often advised to avoid soy food out of an abundance of caution. However, there's now compelling evidence to show that eating soy foods poses no risk to breast cancer survivors. If anything, it appears to be beneficial actually reducing the risk of recurrence of both estrogen receptor positive and negative breast cancers. In fact, the researchers back over on track one, the mechanistic track, are starting to question whether the benefits of soy on things like hot flashes, or its protective effects against breast cancer, aren't really about estrogenic activity at all, but due to other mechanisms. Either way, there doesn't seem to be any reason to avoid soy for fear of its harmful effects on estrogen-sensitive tissues. And either way, edamame makes a great snack. This is Monica Reinagel, the Nutrition Diva. If you have a nutrition question you'd like me to answer, you can email me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also leave me a voicemail at 443-961-6206. If your question is more on the subject of habits and behavior change, you might want to check out my other podcast, The Change Academy, where we talk about how to convert our good intentions into sustainable, healthy habits. You'll find that wherever you listen. Nutrition Diva is a quick and dirty tips podcast, and it's supported by our director of podcasts, Adam Cecil, audio engineer, Nathan Sems, Davina Tomlin, who runs our marketing and publicity, Holly Hutchins, our digital operations specialist, and Morgan Christensen, our podcast operations and advertising specialist. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.